0: topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera.
1: Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. This is our second podcast where we are on video, so we just want to say hi. That's right. Thank you guys all for watching. Um, This is Season 4, Episode 2. We are studying the Torah portion, Noah. But before we jump into the content of today's podcast and study... Uh, I want to do a couple things. First, uh, we mentioned this last week, but it, it bears um, repeating. This is Bait Tehillah's
0: 21st Torah cycle. That's
1: right. So it's back in what? 1999. 1999.
0: And you guys got the Torah from? So got Torah Bait Midrash with Rabbi Messer mm-hmm. and his wife Maureen. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Which uh, which has been obviously awesome. It's been a revelation that has you know caught fire across the world, really. I mean, Absolutely. So much so that we're sitting here on a podcast called Christians with... Torah.
0: Which is very relevant. I would say so. Yes. The The ancient path is still good.
1: Yeah, the Torah is relevant for today, praise God. So uh, we're trying to launch this video podcast, get uh, the video and audio thing, you know, synced up together, and also get people watching and listening. So as you can see here, I've got a, a few little giveaways to give away this time. And so I want to tell you guys about the giveaways. This is uh, three CDs by Joshua Aaron. We have a You Are Holy, Every Tribe, and Huya Vo. I uh, snagged these out of the Bait a bookstore. That's right. I did. I snagged these. And uh, awesome CDs. Uh, one of these CDs, I think it is this one in the middle here, right? I believe Every Tribe uh, Christian listens to. Actually, he has a signed copy when Joshua Aaron was here. has a signed copy, and he That's listens right. to That's
0: right. He it was here. Like every night. A couple times. Yeah.
1: Right. So. With that being said, the way that you you could win these CDs, whether you're listening on the podcast on audio or on video, is you can help us out by going to our Facebook page, liking the Facebook page, grabbing this episode, right? Liking the the post for the episode, putting a comment that says, Pick me. So just all you have to do is put Pick me in the comments, and then share. The video, share the podcast post from Facebook. So um, that's how you do it on Facebook. Now you can also enter to win on YouTube because we're also trying to grow the YouTube presence. The way you do that is it's basically the same thing. You go to the YouTube channel, you subscribe, you hit the little bell, get your notifications and everything set up. You give it a thumbs up because there's a little thumbs up thing on the YouTube, and you put a comment that says "Pick me." And uh, you can also put other stuff in the comments, right? You know, just it's not, you're not required to just put pick me. You can also say other fun things, ask questions, put prayer requests, good. whatever it is. Um, but I thought that this would be a good way for us to get a little bit of uh, engagement, a little interaction. Little activity. A little activity going. A little activity, exactly right. So with all that being said, you can also reach out to us via email at ryan, R Y A N, at twopraise.net, ryan at twopraise.net. Um, there you can send us questions, concerns, um, you can send us prayer requests and the like. And then, uh, you know, you can also give us your little comments on the tour. Maybe you found something that you wanted to tell us about or something that, hey, man, did you see this in this verse or something like that? I love that kind of stuff. I mean, that really gets me going because I'm all about the Torah, you know. The Torah is relevant for today. That's
0: right, some feedback.
1: Exactly. So we're going to jump into the Torah portion now. It is Noach. Noach's name actually means rest. Um, and so you could say this: the meaning of it in Hebrew is Noah, meaning That's right. the, the transliteration of his name in English, or rest. Uh, it is found in the book of Genesis, starting in chapter 6 and verse 9, and ending in chapter 11 and verse 32.
0: So we're going to jump right out of the gate here and go right into Genesis chapter 6, verses 9 through 19, public reading of scriptures. And of course, you can just listen as we uh, read these verses. Uh, give us a little introduction. All right, so it says here, These are the generations of
1: Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. And Noah begat three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Room shalt thou make in the ark, and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make it of. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, the breadth of it 50 cubits, and the height of it 30 cubits. A window shalt thou make to the ark, and and in a cubit shalt thou finish it above. And the door of the ark shalt thou set in the side thereof, with lower second and third stories shalt thou make it. And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh wherein is the breath of life from under heaven, and everything that is in the earth shall die. But with thee will I establish my covenant, and thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wife and thy sons' wives, with thee. And every living thing of all flesh, two of every sort, shalt thou bring into the ark to keep them alive with thee. They shall be
0: male and female. Wow. So here we go. So what three things are noted about Noah?
1: Uh, Well, first, he was a just man, a Zadi. That's right. Right? Right. He was perfect in his generations, whole right.
0: and complete, right? And he walked with God. So let's kind of break this down. So he was a just man. Yeah, you know, he was a zadik, which means just, lawful, a righteous man. He was a righteous man. Right. Uh, also, it says that he was perfect in his generations. Uh, perfect is, of course, the the Hebrew word tamim. Uh, it means entire, integrity, truth, without blemish, complete, full, perfect, sincerely, sound, without spot, undefiled, upright, and whole. So he was definitely a man of integrity Absolutely. in this particular generation. Meaning perfect in his generation is meaning he stood out. He stood above the rest uh, in regards to his integrity. Also, he walked with God. Wow. So God's going to use him. Yeah. You know, it's interesting uh, what comes to my mind, Ryan, when, when we hear this reference walked with god it reminds me of the book of leviticus that's right chapters 1 through 17 is the way to god chapters 18 to 27 in leviticus is actually the walk with god and we know that enoch walked with god and god took him so you know we can't really deny the subject matter of the rapture so enoch walked with god god took him right so that is interesting so we want to ask ourselves you know, are we walking with God? Now, Noah's three sons were Shem, Ham, and Japheth, in, in that order, Genesis 6.10. Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now, we know that uh, three is the number for divine of the Lord, so he's got three boys, just like I do. I've got Josiah, Nehemiah, and Micah. Hmm. You know, so little parallels there. So, Ryan, here's the deal. What, was, what two things were happening on the face of the earth to bring on God's judgment? What was it? So, uh, it
1: was corrupt and filled with violence.
0: Wow. So, it was corrupt and filled with violence. So it sounds like
1: people were just fighting each other, going at it. Um, different ethnic groups were fighting different ethnic groups. Although, I don't even know that there was really different ethnic groups at that yeah, point. Yeah, you
0: know, I kind of I kind of wanted to look these words up. So, uh, so the earth was corrupt is the Hebrew word shachath. It means to decay, cause ruin, cast off, lose, mar, perish, spill, and spoiler and waste so it was corrupt and of course the earth was filled with violence it's the hebrew word hamak by implying wrong unjust gain cruelty damage faults injustice oppressor unrighteous violence violence against and violence done Uh, and of course violent uh and violent dealing and then of course the word wrong so uh evil continually so god had to put an end to it You know, uh, to bring about this judgment, uh, I know that uh, Dennis Prager, in his rational commentary on the book of Genesis, talks about it wasn't so much that God was angry, but he was saddened that humans would do that to one another. Right. Just hurt each other. Yeah. So he just had to really put an end to it. You know, it's like when siblings fight or something, you know, I just got to put an end to it. Yeah. Break them up. That's it. You know, this can't go on. You know, no house should have to endure that. And so once again, you know, we we have this um, corruption and, of course, violence. And so God asked Noah to build an ark of gopher wood, okay? And uh, you need to understand something here. There's no rain, right? Ever at this point. So it's not like he's building something on a water or has a port or harbor or boat dock. Yeah, I mean, last por- he's uh, going to build it like in the middle of a field.
1: Yeah, the last tour portion, it uh, described that there was no rain; that it was a mist on right, the earth, right, a mist. So the mist is never going to cause a flood. So they may have understood something about a boat, being on the water or whatever. But, Moisture, but, but yeah. So, so the size of the ark, was-
0: <laughs> the size of the ark was three hundred cubits in length, fifty cubits in breadth, and thirty cubits in height. And of course, the ark had a window, a door, and was three stories. So, as far as the length goes, if you, if you look at a cubit, it's from your, your middle finger, right? Yeah. To your elbow, right? So, that would be actually a cubit. Some cubits will be bigger than others or smaller, but that's actually the length of a cubit is from your elbow uh, to your middle finger, uh, the edge of that. So, so, if you think about it, 300 cubits would be about 625 feet long. Uh, the breadth of it would be 104 feet wide, because that's 50 cubits. And then, of course, 62 and a half feet high, which would be. 30 cubits and once again there are three levels three is divine it is of the lord and uh, and so you know as, as we think about it uh, noah was asked to build this thing and uh how how difficult was that that he was told to do it yeah and he had the means and the resources to do it and thank god he had his three boys
1: well it took him what a hundred years <laughs> that's a good point he was a <laughs> preacher of righteousness he yeah. was
0: preaching too that's another thing we yeah. can get into too later but not right now but anyway but here's, here's a great question that we like to ask our people. We asked last night, has God ever asked you to do something that you felt was difficult or impossible? Has God ever asked you to do something that you felt was difficult or impossible? And I would say, in, in my case, uh, I was the associate pastor. I was the worship leader. And I was asked to, of course, uh, take over as senior pastor on uh, November seventeenth, two 2002. And boy, what a what a... Some shoes to fill, yeah. You know, and I tell you, you know, it really, it really took me back. Like, you know, it wasn't something I desired or I wanted, because I'm more like a campaigner, promoter kind of guy, cheerleader, coach kind of thing. But to have to be the the main person, you know, was asking a lot of me. I mean, because it, I just wasn't really prepared for it. You know, sure, you're just thinking, you know, well, he's going to get healed, or, you know, that's that's where I was really going with, it, you know. But when they, you know, buried him, I said, you know, this is it. This is really going yeah, down. That's sobering. Denial only happens for a short while. Yeah. And then reality hits. So anyway, uh, just asking our listeners, you know, think about it. Whatever, whatever God has asked you that, that may seem difficult, uh, we'd love to hear your testimonies. Yeah, You can absolutely. email it at ryan at twopraise.net. Uh, we love testimonies. That's how we overcome. Or now,
1: comments on Facebook and Comments YouTube. on
0: Facebook yep. and YouTube. So as we move along here, um, God was going to judge the earth by a flood of waters. That's what he's going to do. He's going to use water for judgment. You know, we look back on the, the Ice Age or the flood. You know, it's like water was always, you know, it seemed like water was always being used as a judgment. But of course, God is going to establish a covenant with Noah, the Noahic covenant. And he's going to establish this covenant with Noah. And the good news is that a total of eight people were on the ark. You know, we talk about a minion is 10. Remember, Abraham said, would you spare the city, Lord? Right,
1: for just 10, yeah. For
0: just 10. He goes, I would, but there wasn't. Right. Now, I know there's 10 righteous men at Beit Amen to that. <laughs> Hillsborough County, I, I would say there's at least 10. At least 10. I'm hoping that there's 10. Yeah. If you have to count our families or whatever. So, so think about it. You know, this thing's going to go down, you know. This thing is going to go down. And, uh, and by the way, the the three universal covenants that affect all mankind is the one covenant that God made with Eden, the covenant made with Adam, and of course, the covenant he made with Noah are the three first covenants found in the Bible. And of course, they are universal, meaning that they they affect everybody. They affect everybody. And of course, eight means new beginnings. You know, there's, uh, there's eight feast days, you know, uh, counting the Sabbath and the... Spring Feast, and uh, Shavuot, the Fall Feast, and the, there's actually uh, eight covenants as well. So that we, we're not going to get into all that, but the, the last covenant, the eighth covenant, is a covenant of peace. It is the new covenant. So that's going to be good. It, it's coming. Right. The, know, the renewed covenant. The renewed covenant was seven. Oh, uh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, we have, of course, the Abrahamic covenant. You know, we have, uh, uh, we have the Mosaic covenant, the Davidic covenant, the renewed, and then the peace one with the first three that are universal. Got it. Boy, that's a whole other podcast. It sure is. The man. eight covenants. Yeah. So remember, we serve a covenant keeping God. Uh, and of course, uh, in Genesis six nineteen, it says, And of every living thing of all flesh, two of every sort shalt thou bring into the ark to keep them alive with thee. They shall be male and female. Amen. So that's what we're seeing. We're seeing two of every kind, but we know that there were several sets of clean animals that were put on the ark. So Uh, seven of each clean, right? Yeah, because they needed them for sacrifices. Sure, and for food. (laughs) That's right. So the whole concept of of sacrifices is going to come about as well. So let's check out, we're going to be jumping right into, uh, of course, the the flood itself in Genesis chapter 7. We have uh, clean and unclean animals were brought into the ark. So once again, there's a distinction between clean and unclean, these principles of clean and unclean. Which then, this
1: is prior to Moses it declaring is. It, it is
0: in Leviticus, just clean like and clean. the uh, on the seventh day God rested, He created the Shabbat, right? A day that is sanctified and set apart. So we, as we look at you know different signs of, of the covenants, we'll talk about that as well. But once again, I just want to encourage all of you that we serve a covenant-keeping God, uh, and of course, you know uh, if you'll if you'll eat anything, you'll listen to anything. So there has to be a distinction between clean and unclean. And God makes that distinction, you know, and that's just common sense. You know, you can't bless something that's unclean and eat it and say it's permissible. Right. Well, just because Jesus came, but that's where the the church has gone wrong. And I think Christianity has not really done their homework in in a court of law or a case study and say, Hey, you know, I need to rethink this because what did, what did Yeshua do? I can only say
1: what the father, the father tells tells me to say,
0: right. I can only do what what the father Father tells tells me to do. do. And he's God. So why would he go against the Father if the Father says you can't eat these things? It's just something to think about. Well, and it seems A lot to, of it's done in ignorance, or I'm not right, under the law, but think about it. Are you under principles? Or What or if there's a better way? If God has
1: given you a better
0: way. Can you say trigonosis? Uh, I try not to. Okay. You know, um, but anyway, just, just, just something to think about. And remember now, the dietary laws are found in Leviticus 11. Right. That means you're doing what? You're the way to God. It's the way to God. Right. So we're letting God dictate death and show us the better way. This ain't about getting everybody to do what we're doing, Ryan. This is about how can I make my life better? So if I say to people, by eating clean meats, my life is better, it's true.
1: Well, and I see it as I'm just saying it's true. As low-hanging fruit. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, wow. So wait, I can keep the commandments of God by just not eating unclean meat? I mean, that's, right. that's such a simple thing. I mean, it's not like he's saying, right. you know, you need to go win the hot dog eating contest right. or something. It's not, you know, some, No, it's just something
0: simple. You just don't eat that. I think it's great, you know, and that's the thing. It's This is personal. We talk about this, uh, you know, Torah portion and everything, you know, but, boy, we sure get to enjoy it. And Noah was 600 years old when the flood came.
1: You know, it says here also in uh, verse 1 of chapter 7, it says that for a second time, it says, uh, "For thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation." So he tells, um, he's telling Noah again for a second time that he is righteous, that he has been found in right standing with God, and so that means that he's not one of these ones who's out there committing the violence and the corruption that God is seeing before him, because he said all flesh had corrupted itself before him. You know. No, that's a good point. It, and, and there wasn't mean, it, 7 billion people on the earth. I think it's no. another thing that people haven't necessarily considered, is this is relatively close to creation. We're, we're 10 generations out from... We're 10
0: generations from Adam. Right. So we're not talking of billions of people. No. Right. You know, it's interesting, too, that you brought out that verse. And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark, for thee have I seen righteous before me, in this generation. It reminds me of even in Exodus when he was making the covenant, the Mosaic covenant with his people. Right. He says right here in, in Exodus nineteen five, don't take this the wrong way, but check this out. Now, therefore, if ye will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. So you can actually be head and shoulders, you can be above other people. Because you're obedient to his voice and keep his commandments, you right? Know, and keep his covenant. So, so why is that it so saying, important? Because it's yeah. important that, that we want to be his children that are obedient and not a bunch of wayward children. And when we mess up, we come to the Father and we pick ourselves up. Right. And he receives us, you know. And so that's why it, it's so important that we, uh, you know, focus on ourselves. I just love what Yeshua is saying. And I paraphrase, you know, I got to get the telephone pole out of my eye if I want to help somebody get the toothpick out of theirs. Right. And I think that's an interesting observation that, that Yeshua made in that regard, because it is so true. What well, well, right with, do we have to go after people right. all the time? And, and just he dog who cast the first stone. Or whatever, you yeah. know, it's like, really? Is your life that much better than theirs? Let's talk about what you're doing on closed doors.
1: But think about this. Um, you know, God is not necessarily saying here that Noah never did anything wrong. No. Um, there's oh, only been find, one perfect we're person. we find out about that one. Uh, of course. But there's only one perfect person that's ever walked the earth, right. and that's Yeshua. So when we consider that, then what is the differentiator? The differentiator is an alignment with God. That we have, or that Noah aligned himself with God, with God's commandments, with God's ways, with... Obeying God, with at least having a relationship with God, and so what right. that means is that you're in right standing with God. That's what righteousness is: is to be in right standing, that you have a relationship that is in good status. So, you ever had a relationship and not had it been on the rocks and not been really in a great oh, position, yeah. or had a relationship that was in a great situation? Hey, look, we're, That's we're called we're, a marriage. We're in covenant. <laughs> 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 we, I mean, we are betrothed to I Yahweh. Know. Amen. It's called a marriage. So. Uh, I think it's important to note here that God is about the relationship. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord because he was on God's team. He was part of God's camp, so to speak. Right. These other people had disregarded God and were going about things and doing it their own way. And I think that's the important differentiator for people is to understand that you too can be have grace in the eyes of the
0: Lord. You know, the Greek mindset is like you take the brick out of the wall and you examine it. Mm the Hebrew mindset is you look at the whole wall. So when we do these podcasts, what's the big picture for God's redemptive plan? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have Judaism, yeah, you have Christianity, you have Islam, you know, you, you have these things going on. But what's God allowing to be played out as far as his redemptive plan? What is the progressive revelation that God is unfolding? And what role are you to play in those days? So when I see the reconciliation of Jews and Gentiles, and I see it actually happening, I see it in the Bible, Pick me, pick me. You know, it's oh, yeah. like Noah. So we're going to move on here. But anyway, God had Noah and his family on the ark for seven days before the flood waters came. Uh, so they're on the boat for seven days before the water, the water, the rain even came down. And of course, the flood began in the second month on the seventeenth day. Uh, Genesis seven eleven. Of course, the Lord shut Noah and his family in the ark. When God shuts the door, no man can open it. When God opens the door, no man can close it. And that's even as far as. Uh, you know, we want to make our way into the land of Israel. Israel. We want to get into the land and, and, you know, receive that and enjoy that and come alongside the Jewish people as well uh, in our own faith. But, but you know, uh, that's the thing that I think that God is going to really uh, do for us. I believe in the days ahead that doors will be opening. They're already starting to open. Uh, and so we're, we'll see that. And, of course, we know that uh, it rained upon the earth for 40 days Forty means testing, right? Yeah. Uh, they were in the wilderness, children of Israel, for forty years uh, as a punishment. They were tested. Then, of course, they went into the land, and of course, Yeshua was in the desert for forty days uh, as to pass it. that that temptation and everything. And, and then he began his ministry. Right? You know. And you and mentioned so, Moses up and down the mountain eight times. What? Basically, they they document if you read the scriptures that he went up and down eight. But times. But he spent
1: forty days up there. What, he did three spend times.
0: forty days for my, did you the Jews say three times I I, I read two, two as well two. I know I do so three sets of 40 or two sets of 40 is very interesting that's where you get the season of Teshuvah yeah so think about it god's given us another chance too yeah
1: you know I'll tell you what the the rain for 40 days sounds like the test here right but i want to just present to you and get your thoughts on this it it took to what 10 days from when yeshua ascended at the 40th day until uh, the Spirit came. The promise on, of the Holy Spirit on Shavuot, and what happened? The numbers went from 500 people down to 120. Right. Okay. So imagine this for a minute. I can imagine myself personally in the number 10. Right. There being a ten days a roller coaster of emotions and faith you know being on the highs and the lows oh yeah for noah while he's building I mean, 100 years he's building this ark that's true getting poked at and just waiting. At by people like what are you
0: doing dude yeah because like, he knows
1: god's gonna flood the earth but he knows that so what does it say it says they, they shut themselves in seven days prior to the rain beginning now noah is probably hearing from the lord and then he's telling his family and you know his sons they have wives and we all know how, you know, different personalities right. and people and all that kind of stuff can he go. it was a
0: small family.
1: <laughs> but Shem, Ham, and Japheth are there with their wives. That's right. And Look, it doesn't make any commentary. I'm obviously
0: right. speculating. But, right.
1: But I just imagine. Put yourself in their shoes. I'm putting myself in their shoes, and I imagine that seven whole days. They're in the ark, no rain. So, in my opinion, I almost feel like once the rain starts, that Noah's like,
0: "Whoo!" Yeah, I'm not a, a false relieved, prophet. little relieved, you know. Oh, yeah. man. I'm not a false prophet. right? Because You know, it, that's a good point, Ryan, because you know what? Noah got to share his vision. He did. And people believed. and At least at least six other people, seven just, other people. I'm just saying that, you know, for me, what's nice about Beitik is when God shows me something and I offer it to the people, and not everyone does it or buys into it, yeah. but the majority do, the staff do, The leaders, and, and we do it, Yeah, and it brings great joy to me. That we pulled it off.
1: Now, granted, the animals showing up two by two and seven by seven. That's a sign. That's a sign. Yeah, that's another one you can check.
0: You don't see that every day, right? Yeah. No, you don't. Absolutely not. We're moving on here, folks. We got to get rolling here. Now, the waters rose 15 cubits above the highest mountains. uh, And I was just looking at some of my uh, notes here. Some of my notes here. That's about 31 feet above Mount Everest. So Mount Everest is the highest mountain in the earth. Uh, The waters rose 15 cubits above the highest mountains. Uh, So it would be Mount Everest. So imagine that uh, Mount Everest and the water is past that. Man, another 31 feet. Uh, The water remained on the earth for 150 days. The water remained on the earth for 150 days. So we get into uh, chapter 8, the flood ends. Thank God, huh? The flood ends. Yeah. Uh, The ark finally rested in the seventh month on the 17th day. Uh, In reference to this calendar, this would be the third day of tabernacles, and it rested upon the mountains of Ararat, which is the modern-day country of Turkey. Supposedly found some timbers. Yeah. In Turkey, on Mount Ararat, there's been a lot. I've seen several documentaries that show, you know, possible. it's fascinating. It is. It is, it is quite fascinating, um, and of course, you know, we have a, a replica of the Ark in the state of Kentucky. Yes, yes, yes,
1: yeah. You know, that's what you were talking about the cubit earlier, and they, they talk about the old cubit versus the new cubit. That's I true. guess There's the kings. Right. right. And then they use the king's arm as like the cubit. For good. That.
0: That's, that's interesting. It's
1: weird though, but I mean, that
0: is interesting. Now, the tops of the mountains could finally be seen in the 10th month on the first day. Uh, we just celebrated a new moon service on Sunday. We're in the eighth month, but this was the 10th month on the first day. Uh, and of course, you know, Mike brought out a good point that, you know, Moses wrote this account. Moses wrote Genesis, right? So you know he wrote the Torah, you know, and so it would only be fitting that perhaps you know he used the, uh, you know, the biblical calendar, you know, for like redemption and all that. Sure, but it's it's another. No, you're s- you're you're issue. right.
1: There's there's some some speculation of
0: what is Rosh Hashanah the, or- the beginning of the year. Or the seventh month, the first day, or is it the first month, first day of the biblical Right. Does it 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 start
1: those calendars?
0: There's a civil calendar and a biblical one. Correct. But we're going to move on. Spiritual and physical. So Noah opened the window of the ark at the end of 40 days. Okay. He opened the window. Uh, And of course, Noah sends a raven out of the ark, but it returns back to him. He then sends out a dove and it does the same thing. On the wings of a snow white dove. Yeah, I mean, the dove is a picture of what? The Holy Spirit. Thank God. Praise God. Send the Holy Spirit out. Let the Holy Spirit come back, you know. That's what I was really praying. The Holy Spirit is our comforter. Amen. Um, So once again, uh, so the, the, the raven comes back. The dove comes back now. So Noah waits another seven days. Seven is completion. It's a cycle to send the dove out, only this time it returns with an olive leaf in its mouth.
1: That's you know a good I mean? sign.
0: So you have the dove, which is a picture of peace. Are you a hawk or a dove? That's references used in politics. He's a hawk. You know, Interesting. Or he's a dove. Huh. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'd want to be a hawk. Yeah. But, you know, the dove's good. In different situations, I mean, is, is you, so the olive um, peaceful, hog? yeah, yeah, they, a peaceful.
1: Hog. I've heard, I've heard it's better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. You Ever heard that?
0: No, no, that's same idea. That's deep. I'm going to write yeah. that down later. Uh, <laughs> the returns with an olive leaf, and what does olive leaf represent? Israel, woo, amen, yes, that's right. What does that mean? We're going to, we're going to, we're going to get through the judgment. Uh, I don't know. It I mean, means something.
1: There's no doubt that the whole the whole picture here that's being painted by God through the story of Noah and the account of what happened to him and how God saved him is a picture of salvation, is a picture of uh, what God is going to do in the last days. There's, I mean, there's, there's a happy doubt.
0: ending, that's all I can tell you. For the righteous. God's revelation, his redemption, his story, it has a happy end for
1: those in right standing with God. That's yes. true. Yes,
0: from God, good things come. Correct. So uh, Noah waits another seven days to send the dove out again. Only this time, it does not return.
1: It's tired of that. It's like
0: now. Mike made a good point that doves like to be on the ground. Ravens will go on the trees.
1: Oh yeah, like pigeons and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. You the doves see, and you pigeons are like
0: you don't see like ravens on the ground. You, you'll see them in the trees. Interesting. But, yeah. No, that's nature. So what tells me is that. If the dove had to go on the ground, that's a good sign.
1: Yeah. it didn't
0: come back. That's
1: that is a great sign for. That's very when interesting. You're stuck on I never thought
0: about it. See, that's why it's called mid You mm-hmm. get to share right your your research, your your things that are going on. Uh, so, when did Noah remove the covering of the ark and see that the ground was dry?
1: Uh, it was going to be in Noah's six hundred and first year, in the first month, on the first day. So a biblical New Year?
0: That's what I've got here. Yeah. So the whole earth was dry in the second month on the 27th day. And basically, if you do the math, and maybe you can do the math for me and give us some comments, but I have two answers here. Noah and his family were on the ark for either 370 days or 377 days, depending on lunar or solar calendar or whatever in that regard. So gotcha. something that I would like to go back and I do it every year and I just get frustrated. Yeah. So I actually have two answers: three seventy or three seventy-seven. So you yeah. guys can do the math. Hey, we love your feedback. We really, really do. For we, me,
1: I'm more interested in uh, the just what did the Earth look like? Because you got to think that a mass global flood is going to change the landscape dramatically. So from what true. Noah saw when he got on the ark. To what Noah sees when he gets off of the ark is completely different. And he's displaced from his home. So well, you
0: think something is immersed in water for a year.
1: Oh, yeah. what's well, going to be soggy,
0: you would Waterlogged. think.
1: Waterlogged? Yeah, to say the least. But they say, like, um, you know, there's there's two schools of thought for scientists, uh, like the way the Grand Canyon was created. Uh, they Some people say that it was rapidly uh, rapidly occurred and those, you know, that,
0: that— Well, it's like these huge craters in the earth. I mean— That's why this old earth, new earth, there's just more to it. You know, I mean, I just think, you know, my my, my take on it is this. I take the Bible literally. I I'm just saying that I think the Earth is older than than almost seven thousand years. Sure, one of the or six thousand years. One of the things
1: that they look at somehow, some way. I don't know proof of the global flood from the evidence is they take the eruption of Mount St Helens and how
0: carbon dating.
1: Well, not even no, not with the carbon dating specifically, but with the way the landscape changed. Because they have these things that happen where you have these same layers of rocks or whatever. Gotcha. From just this catastrophic right. event That's that, true. that occurs, and it changes the landscape. So just you imagine what what Noah sees going into the ark and what he sees coming out of the ark. is completely different. Now, I would venture to say that God probably had a hand at right. paving a way for them to obviously continue living, cultivating the ground, having food, and things like that, because they wouldn't have been able to survive without it, clearly. And we wouldn't be here.
0: <laughs> you probably had some some serious wells and yeah, you know the aquifers and everything. So in Genesis eight twenty, and Noah builded an altar unto the Lord, and took of every clean beast and of every clean fowl, and offered burnt offerings on the altar. So Ryan, in, in Leviticus, how many offerings are there given to us? Five. Very good. You're good a good disciple. And there's bonus. some
1: bonuses because there's That's consecration true. offerings. And we won't get like into all
0: that, that but, but we will say that the very first offering is olah. It's burnt. It's totally consumed. Right. You know, and so once again, it's also going to allow them to, to begin to eat meat. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. But so after the flood, the earth would experience the four seasons. You know, before there was just the four seasons weren't even around. God walked in the cool of the day. And, and you know, this is right before there was, there was no Frankie <laughs> Valley. Frankie Valley was not there.
1: That joke never gets old. And he
0: just comes out.
1: Is it Frankie Valley and the Four oh, Seasons. Oh, Sherry
0: Baby. Yeah. I have no idea who Frankie Valley is. Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons. Yeah.
1: I mean, I understand that they were probably like a musical act from. Excellent. Long Very before Popular. I was born. And it sounds I Frankie think I know Valley. this Sherry Baby song. Sherry Baby. They go to Ruth yeah.
0: Eckert Hall. We'll have to take you. We'll have to go to a Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons concert. I think you would enjoy
1: I it. I mean, I could probably get the same experience out of like a YouTube video. I'm
0: just saying but, that yeah. Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons. So now all of a sudden we have this shift of Four Seasons. Wow. wow. So we have. We have spring, summer, fall, and winter.
1: That's what I mean. There's a whole new reality for no and there's, his family.
0: There's just some things have changed.
1: There's rain so, now.
0: Yeah, you know, and, and it's kind of funny, too. As you, as you look at this, Ryan, it, it comes to mind that, um, you know, when Yeshua comes to rule and reign for a 1,000 years, I mean, this is how the earth's going to be. Right. So he's going to go around and just speak things and fix things, or what's he going to do? Because we don't get a new heaven and a new earth until after the 1,000 years. I love how God just shares all this with yeah. us.
1: You know, somebody once new told heaven me and new earth. this was a, a theory, and I actually asked Ellie Marzulli about this, and he, he doesn't buy into this theory. But there was a theory that I heard that the earth itself, the atmosphere, was encrusted in some sort of ice. And that part of what happened was that the ice melted, and that's part of what happened with the flood. That, that water push, crashed onto the earth in some form I mean, of fashion. I
0: mean, it tells us it came from above and then and the heavens right. opened up
1: well and the and the earth you know, beneath right So, right. so it, it, it came from
0: water from, from above and beneath from
1: both directions you know
0: so go ahead and take uh genesis uh chapter 9 of the Noahic covenant ryan go ahead and speak on that and take it take it from there so now god's going to make a covenant with noah and the eight people on the ark all right so
1: genesis chapter which is a universal covenant that's correct so this is going to
0: affect all of us
1: all mankind So all mankind um, is affected by this. So God blessed Noah and his sons and told them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth. Be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth. So in other words, the earth was— There was something
0: here before.
1: Well, clearly, because they just killed it all in a flood. That's right. They did. (laughs) So, not they. God did. Right. Um, You know, uh, it's funny because last night somebody mentioned that the New American Standard Version doesn't use that word replenish. It uses a different word. Um, I don't know what it is, but the New American Standard is the most accurate word for word translation in American. I like English. New American Standard, and it's pretty good. Um, what was added to the human diet after the flood?
0: Meat, meat, meat. carnivores, <laughs> brisket. That's what was added. That's right. They say the old blood types got to have meat. I may be positive. I'm O positive. You like meat. I like meat. Yeah. I you, like, you know. It's you, I always found that with O O blood types.
1: I will say this. Um, I grew up vegetarian. My family was vegetarians as a kid, and then I discovered meat when I was probably a teenager, and I it was fried chicken from Popeyes was the first time I ever had meat. Believe it or not, check this out. I call it the gateway meat. Fried chicken. Is the gateway meat? So, like, if you were not a meat eater, <laughs> discovering do that a chicken, first, <laughs> and it will lead you to brisket. It, it will lead you to brisket. Um, wow! And so, I do like meat, but because of that experience as a kid, I'm not like carnivorous. I know so what to you speak. Mean. I really like mac and cheese. Yeah, you know, I love pasta. Lots of stuff that I shouldn't have. Italian is my favorite ethnic food. I have recently discovered though that based on your blood type, your diet should change. What you should eat is different, right? So, I should stay away from mac and cheese, and I can go to town on the meat.
0: But interesting. That's how that's supposed to yeah. work. But Eat right whatever. for your blood type. I've heard of that. That's right. It's interesting.
1: Um, however, uh, a diet rich in vitamins from
0: plant life, greens, plant based diet, blues, some reds uh, is very Green, helpful. Green,
1: red. Right. More of that to push the other stuff off of your that's plate. That's right,
0: because the vegetables build you up. They do. And fruit cleans you out. That's right. They sure do. That's right.
1: And so, what is the sign that God has given mankind to show that he will never again? Flood the earth with water. The rainbow. So there's something a little bit comforting about that, right? The fact that God's never going to flood the earth again with totally, water. Totally, yeah. totally flooded it again, um, th- giving us the sign of the rainbow. That's comforting. The not so comforting part is that the next judgment comes with fire. And
0: I don't know. I mean, like I, I can handle water a little bit. That's like, true. That's true. And we know that the uh, uh, the rainbow flag is out there. It's been hijacked the yeah, sign yeah. of the rainbow yeah. we need to bring that to attention yeah. that's what the enemy loves to do satan loves to take the things of god and twist, and twist them it. and pervert them that's and right. you know stomp on them or whatever yeah you know we'll get into that you know just like when when uh, i didn't bring this out but but in genesis eight twenty, you know noah built an altar and of course you know satan comes along and in israel oh let's build a bunch of altars and, and let's offer up all these sacrifices to all these gods you know and worship nature you know, animal magnetism, a fascination with nature and animals. So so that's what the enemy does. You know, we just have to simply do what the Father wants us to do. Uh, but the rainbow is incredible. You know, and even the Irish, you know, there's a pot of gold at, at the, the end of the, of the rainbow. rainbow. <laughs> no, that's happy. That's a happy thought. I like that thought. I would like to drive there and find it. The only problem is that it's guarded by a leprechaun. That could be troublesome. It would, yeah. Because they're going to get past the leprechaun. Mm-hmm. All the traditions and folklore Ryan, are right before us. Yeah,
1: the um, the other day I saw for the first time ever. I've never seen one a triple rainbow. Wow! Now that I've seen like two rainbows before, I've seen but a I've double. never seen a triple rainbow, and I, I saw with my own eyes triple rainbow. So that was a pretty cool sight. But you didn't take a picture. I didn't. I did take a picture. But it just didn't come out. What is it? Like a couple months ago, I was yes. out here. I got up on top of my truck, and there was a big rainbow going across over the top of this building. Where How beautiful right is that? It was. It was gorgeous. That's beautiful. It was such a good picture. I took it with my phone. Lo and behold, I, I get the, the, uh, the newsletter in the mail, and boom, there's the picture I took. You know? I think they want to take that picture and put it in my office. It's what, that good. What was even cooler than that was, uh, I, f- I can't forget what it was. Oh, Josiah that day was singing, Let It Rain.
0: Do you remember that? Yeah, that's true. So right before that. And you're like, I got to get outside. And then and whoosh,
1: cover something. it starts raining. Yes. And I had something in the back of my truck. I had to Please cover it. Please don't
0: sing Let It Rain. That song, we can't sing that here.
1: <laughs> we, um, You know, this coffee is African coffee.
0: And you know, they bless the rains down in Africa. They do. Here I go. I hear the drums echoing tonight. <laughs> I hear the drums echoing tonight. <laughs> oh, i tell you. The 80s. You got to love it. <laughs> So Ryan's going to move on now because I'm yeah, 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 encouraging to... him to.
1: I, I just realized why you stuck me with this chapter. But, this, you know, and...
0: there were some changes after the flood. There was. So we need to recognize that, That, we do. that of course, we, we recognize that there the Four Seasons came about. You can eat meat. And so let's get into the uh, controversy of Noah now because yeah. he was a man of integrity, but this was not being perfect.
1: And, you know, we don't exactly know... <laughs> The full details of what happened, right? No,
0: no, we, we're not going to get into all that. We're not. Let's just say that I it was even... unacceptable behavior. Sure.
1: So here's what it says. It says, what did Noah do after planting a vineyard? So after he planted the vineyard, he drank of the wine and got drunk. So he drank of the wine and got drunk. Um, Ham, his son, uh, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father. Now, this uh, term uncovering nakedness comes from this. So like when you happen to notice somebody doing something that maybe they shouldn't be doing, whether, right. whether of a sexual nature or otherwise. That's right, you're right? telling on them.
0: Well, You're a snitch, or whatever,
1: to but some degree. But you, you could be if you uncover yeah. their nakedness. It's not so much that, it's what happens is a lot of times I think people make things public, and that would be the uncovering of nakedness. Which is inappropriate. When you come together with them, you know, as a brother or a sister, and you, uh, you know, try to speak life into right. their life, that's a good thing. But when you go and make it public for the purpose of embarrassment or something like that, that is uncovering somebody's nakedness. And that's what Ham
0: did. And so... Um, you know, that, that's a good point, Ryan. And let me just say this. It grieves me, you know, when when people would be in Trump's cabinet mm-hmm. or in his administration. right? And then they just wanna spill the beans, call him out, talk about all the bad things. And profit from it right who wants to stand before God to say I'm a New York Times bestseller on behalf of my boss yeah. who I called out It's funny you mentioned his nakedness. You mentioned the snitch part because I know that, that that's I mean how many people are riding his coattails and using their position oh, absolutely. to benefit right. what, he, what they were given as a gift or, right. or, or, or as a privilege as a friend or whatever even family members want to get it them. but but these are the times we're living in everyone right. it is wicked. Yeah. That's I'm sorry. That's I would never want to have a New York Times bestseller on somebody else's behalf.
1: Well, because that's all you're going to get. You get but think reward. about no, Think
0: why are they a New York Times bestseller? Because that's what people want. Yeah, they want controversy. What if I wrote a book about you? See, put yourself in their shoes. Yeah, no bueno. You know, who wants to be President Trump and, and have all these things, all these charges against him being brought out in novels and in books that are New York Times bestseller? And people are buying it up, just eating it up and loving it. You wouldn't want to see your book on the shelf. Yeah. Oh, look, a book about me and my shortcomings. Yeah. But see, you reap what you sow. Right. Well, the lesson is- Do it to others as you would like for them to do unto you. Right, right, right. You know, and that's the thing we need to learn. See, social media traps us. Well, this is the culture. This is the way it is. No, it's not. Yeah. You don't have to do that. When I
1: was younger, I heard the phrase, uh, snitches get stitches. But apparently in today's market, if the snitches against- trump then they become a millionaire that's how
0: that works well let's move on here because there's a (laughs) prophecy can i share the prophecy please please share the prophecy. okay this is very interesting everyone and i want to bring it uh to light uh it says the prophecy is that god shall enlarge japheth and he shall dwell in the tents of shem and canaan shall be his servant so here we even have a picture of the two houses stop we just do it is so we have three groups of people the two are going to be going into one tent, mm-hmm. and the one is serving the two that are in one tent. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about the one new man, Judah and Ephraim and all these other things. But the point is this, and this is what I love. God shall enlarge Japheth. Why? Because he's the house of Joseph. He's going to go up into Europe, right? And then, of course, what is, what is Shem? Shem is the Middle East, The natural branches. Right. But Japheth is going to go into the tent of Shem, and Shem is going to have to enlarge his tent because Judah is not as big as Ephraim. Amen. So when the nations, people coming out of the nations are not Jewish... They're they're the ethnic groups that are coming in, the Puerto Ricans, all these countries. Everything. uh, In any regard, you know, uh, they're going to have to enlarge. Shem is going to have to enlarge his tent because he can't hold them all. Yeah. Because the the natural branches are what, 15 million people? Oh, yeah. Less than 1% of the population of the earth.
1: Yeah, you can't even, like for me, I I think it was you that told me the phrase Ephraimut. Right,
0: Ephraim. I, I mean, you can't
1: sure. even tell me I'm one thing. I'm like Greek, Cuban, Scottish, Irish, English, Dutch. I got all kinds of craziness. So, because
0: of this controversy of what Ham did, you know, good's going to come out of this. So, what we're witnessing are all these even uh, Christians coming out of the nations in support of the Jewish people, uh, mutual respect of respecting Judaism and everything. But, uh, but we're going to move on. I don't want to. Well, wanna well spend to your too much point
1: there Japheth. What? When it goes up into Europe? Is that right? Yeah, Japheth would be Shem, like Europe.
0: Shim stays in the Middle, Middle East. East. Okay. And, 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 and then Ham goes down to Africa. goes down south. Yeah. He went south on us. Got it. <laughs> I'm just saying. Noah was had. 950 years old when he died. That's pretty old. You and, know, Methuselah,
1: uh, the oldest man ever to live, was what, 969? It, you know,
0: I've got a little uh, a, a nugget here. Nobody in the Bible ever lived to be a 1,000 years old.
1: Yeah. Nobody. You know why, right? Why? Because God said, in the
0: day that you eat of it... You shall die. You shall surely you, die. D- you, 120...
1: Well, and then, well, no, and then, so if a day is, like I said, a thousand years, years, no, if a day is, as a thousand years and a thousand years is one day, then during that thousand years, you have to die. You can't live past a thousand
0: and nobody did. That's important. Yep. So, so, you know, we, we have some references here. Um. That's right, about Noah in the New Testament that we're not going to get into for the sake of time, but you you can get into it later. Uh, it's actually uh, I have here um, Matthew chapter twenty-four verses thirty-seven through thirty-nine. Yeshua makes mention in the days of Noah. Hebrews chapter eleven verse seven. We have of course First Peter chapter three verse twenty and Second Peter chapter two verse five. So of Genesis chapter ten, verses one through thirty-two, we have Noah's family record that we're not going to get into.
1: Yeah, but it's the generations of Noah.
0: And then right. I'm going to let Ryan take it over from here. In Genesis chapter 11, we have the Tower of Babel. That's right. We're changing uh, subject matter
1: here. Yeah, we're moving on from Noah. Um, you know, it discusses, obviously, the the generations of Noah. And uh, it finishes there that these are the ones that, uh, the nations that divided the earth after the flood. And then we get into chapter 11, which talks about the Tower of Babel. And so only one language was spoken after the flood, which makes sense, right? I mean, there's just that family and their descendants. And then, you know, after several generations, the Tower of Babel, all of one language. And so here's how the story goes. You got the
0: land of Shinar. Yeah, the the verse kind of the... The land of Shinar is the modern day country of Iraq today.
1: The land of Shinar is the modern day country of Iraq today. Yeah, it just happened to be on my other page. That's all. Gotcha. My printer. So Shinar
0: is Iraq. Iraq is Shinar, Correct. and it's the it's the land of the Chaldeans or right. Chaldees. Right. So we, we can actually say in this particular area, this is where Abraham's going to come out of. Right. Uh, this is the Tower of Babel Correct. that we're talking now, and of course we know that we have what else there.
1: So scientists, archaeologists, uh, anthropologists will call this area Babylon. Well, they'll call this area Mesopotamia, the Fertile Crescent. <laughs> the Fertile Crescent. So they call it the Fertile Crescent, and they call it also the cradle of civilization. And so it's interesting that the Bible has already told us what science has confirmed for us, right? Um, and I love little things like that where I can pick out, hey, the area between the Tigris and the Euphrates, right, which is you know uh, ancient Babylon. Eventually becomes ancient Babylon um, was where they say that hey, all the other civilizations came out of that area. Right? Old. So um, the crux, the crux of this comes from Genesis chapter eleven and verse four. It says here, and they said, "Go to, let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven, and let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth." And so, this is the conspiracy being laid out by the people that they were going to make a tower that reached unto heaven, right? And so. God does not like this. And so it says here, in order to stop the project, God confounded their language so they would not understand each other's speech. God did this because nothing would be restrained from them which they have imagined to
0: do. I just want to read to you out of my keyword, actually my keyword study Bible, King James Version here. I want to read this little commentary. This is kind of interesting, just a point to be made here. Josephus, the Jewish historian, places Babel in the days of Nimrod. Oh, yeah. Babel was a pointed rejection of God's instruction to replenish the earth. It was a flagrant example of the corporate pride and willfulness of man. The intent of the tower may not have been to reach heaven. The expression can refer to a tower with an idolatrous temple for heaven on its top. Ooh. Ooh, that's deep. Let me read that again. The expression can refer to a tower with an idolatrous temple for heaven on its top. Yikes.
1: Oh. There goes Joshua Aaron. We're good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, so let's keep
1: it going, Ryan. Yep, it says here it says in order to stop the project, God confounded their language. So that's interesting that up until this point they all had one language, and then from here, that's right. God confounded their language. And by doing so, it creates groups, right?
0: Oh, and he is he's the
1: creator of tongues. Mm, that's right. That's right. Wow. So have you ever been to another country and you find people that speak your same language? What happens? Immediately, There's you guys great joy. congregate, right? Great joy. And so that helps because if you don't understand the language that the other people are speaking, then they're going to congregate with their people. You're going to congregate with their people because you guys are all on the same
0: page, that's speaking so f- the that, same That's language. funny. You know, we actually went to a service. I think it was a Shabbat service or a church service or something. But we went there, and all they spoke was Hebrew and Spanish, and we were guests. <laughs> and all I knew is I recognized more the Hebrew than I did the English or the Spanish. Yeah. But I was just, I really enjoyed it because I felt the presence of God. Hallelujah. But I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. Um, My wife, Ashley, she grew
1: up in a Spanish church, Pentecostal. And uh, I grew up Methodist. And so I've told the story many times. But uh, I remember going there for the first time. And I didn't know if they were speaking in Spanish or speaking in tongues. That's true. So it worked out for me because I wasn't, you know, I had never experienced any moves of the spirit, so to speak, at that point.
0: So we've talked about Noah Ryan. We've talked about the Tower of Babel. And there's a lot more to that. Well, and know. Babel means confusion. But but what's going to happen now is we're going to have another character to start coming into play here, so let's go ahead and do that.
1: Yeah. So
0: um, what great patriarch is mentioned in Genesis chapter 11, verse 26? Boy, here we go, Abram. And Abram means exalted father. So Abram is mentioned.
1: So it's interesting. It, it's interesting here because what happens is we go through um, now some generations after the Tower of Babel, to introduce a new character at the end of chapter eleven, um, it says another here, hero, right? Exactly right. Another Zadik, right? Zadik,
0: so, another righteous man, right? Because we go, we go from boy. Noah, Abram had some quick obedience, didn't he? God said do, he's just doing it. Yeah, you know the idea of a Zadik test of Abram, is yeah.
1: uh, pretty cool. It's a pretty cool study to study the the Zadiks, right? Um, you know, probably the the big mysterious one being Melchizedek, right? His yeah. name being Keen of right, king of righteousness. But Zadik right. is in his name. Um, so who was barren in Genesis chapter 11, verse
0: 30? It was Sarah, his wife, and her name, actually that connotation before their names are changed. Sarah means contentious. Ooh, you know, there's proverbs about a contentious wife. Uh, Yeah, but I mean, you know, she, she was a little bossy.
1: Yeah, I I would say that would be accurate based on what I've read.
0: But I know even later on in the storyline, God tells Hagar, the angel of the Lord, right? Listen to her. Yeah, that's right. So
1: where did this great patriarch and his wife live before going into the land of Canaan?
0: Well, where the Tower of Babel was. <laughs> That's right. Ur of the Chaldees, the ur. Chaldeans, the Babylonians, ur. Babylon. Now this is east of Jerusalem. Yeah, this word Ur, uh,
1: the, it also means um, fire or like furnace. And so it's interesting because we know here coming up uh, later on, or in the next couple of verses, I'm sorry, is that his brother Haran dies. Um, before Abram enters the promised land, and so, uh, well, actually, yeah, but
0: but also it, it's an area.
1: Correct. No, Ur is definitely an area for sure. No, I'm talking
0: about Haran is actually an area. Correct. Yes, I'm sorry. Yep. But he does have a brother.
1: He does end up having a, who dies in the Ur of the Chaldees, and so they can see that it's maybe a play on words because you know when you get to the Book of Daniel, and you're back in the Chaldean territory in Babylon, they have this big furnace that they throw. Um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into, and so they're saying that it could be that this furnace that they put the three um, men into, that that could be the Ur of the Chaldees as well. So just an interesting, interesting little thought. That's so, interesting. So who died in Haram before Abram entered the promised land? It was Terah. The father of Abram. father of Abram. Um, they, uh, there's a lot of speculation and some um, extra biblical accounts that say that Terah, Abram's father, was actually an idol maker. That that was his job. And uh, there's some some funny uh, little anecdotal stories they tell about Abram as a kid and how he ransacked the shop. His dad left and uh, left him there with the shop for the you know the idols and everything, and that uh, he got himself into a little mischief and ended up toppling over a bunch of the statues and stuff, and they got broken and things like that. And so what he did is he ended up taking a stick, a big like, stick and putting it in the hand of one of the idols. So when his father came back, he, uh, he, the, his father kind of obviously got upset, and Abram says, well, what do you mean? Oh, no, the, the idol did it. His dad's like, the idol can't do that. And it was like, aha! <laughs> the idol can't do that, right? So it's kind of like a little...
0: And that's the whole thing is, is, you know, we shouldn't worship nature right you know uh, it's brought out that you know God is outside of nature he's outside of time right so when we decide everything on time and nature we really do limit God that's right that's deep yeah it is so you know my thing is you know as we as we look at the two lessons that can be learned from this Torah portion Noah two lessons I would say number one that God always gives a sign before a judgment Mm, that's a good one yeah Uh, God always gives a sign before a judgment and the example that I would like to use and I'm gonna be sharing this on Saturday is that the animals going into the art two by two yeah then the flood comes yeah you know but if you stop and look today well what is the sign in the earth that God is going to judge he's written Torah on minds and hearts you know and whenever the Torah is discovered there's always revival amen and then there's a judgment because we know that the the Torah was given right Uh, orally in the garden and then it was on stone tablets the Torah was given And so as we look back uh, on this special sign, we know that uh, um, King Josiah found the Torah and he restored it and brought it back into restitution. And, of course, what happened, that was in 609 B.C., so in 586, judgment came. Mm. So I'm just sharing this with all of you that are listening, that Christians with Torah is the move of God. Amen. I mean, if you had to pick anything to get into or look at, I would say the Torah portions every week because the Torah is the mind of God. It's the constitution while they're debating Supreme court justices and the bill of rights and the constitution and all these things and amendments well, we can say, well, we're in the kingdom of God and we have the Torah and we have the Holy spirit. So continuing on with the sign, just so you know, remember that Yeshua came, he was the word made flesh, which was the Torah. And so if he died in 33 AD and the temple was destroyed in 70 AD, there was your sign. Yeah. So I want to submit to all of you that if we've been in Torah for 21 years now, judgment's coming. Oof. He's written Torah on our minds and hearts, That's right, and uh, we're actually sharing it. I had the opportunity to go to a church and invite some of our church to go to a Sunday service at 11 o'clock a.m. at, the, at uh, my pastor friend's church, and he asked me to come and blow the shofar, and he actually showed Jonathan Kahn's message from the return to his congregation. It just really touched him. So when we stop and look at us, God is going to use each and every one of us to reach those around us, those that are seeking, those that want it. So that's the first thing. God always gives a sign before a judgment. And then, of course, uh, I would say the second thing that I've learned is be among the righteous, mm. the righteousness of Christ. Yes. You know, that's the three things that the Holy Spirit's going to do. He's going to convict the world of sin righteousness and judgment. That's right. So it's not our righteousness, it's His. So we have to ask forgiveness for our sins, look to His righteousness, and then of course He's gonna do what? The Holy Spirit's gonna do what? The ruler of this world has been judged. Yeah. So He's gonna remind you of that. So there's nothing to fear. So when you seek after the righteousness of Christ and His righteousness, then you're in a good place. Right. Because it's not of your own merit and your own works. So the two things that I learned, one one is there's always a sign before a judgment. Number two, be the righteous in the earth. Be yeah. among the righteous. Amen. That's good stuff.
1: I would say my main one out of this Torah portion is that uh, if you trust God,
0: you'll never be disappointed. And I would also say thoroughly, don't rock the boat. <laughs> Please don't rock the boat. Ba-dum-tsh.
1: Trust God. You'll never be disappointed. Uh, look at Noah, right? For 100 years, he built a boat. On dry land after when never having experienced a flood or rain of any kind and he was not disappointed In the end, a uh, God's plan prevailed and because he had aligned himself with God, he prevailed with God and I think that's good that's, um, that's a, uh, a pattern for all of us. align ourselves with God's plan, be obedient, we will not be disappointed and that really takes a lot of trust on our part because sometimes it doesn't make a lot of sense, especially in the case of Noah. Um, and uh, and that was really the main one that I had. Uh, I can't say enough for just having bold faith um, in God. you know?
0: so, Why don't you close us out in prayer? I will close us so out in prayer. Let's say as we're in the Torah and people Be- are listening. Before we
1: close, I want to remind everyone that I've got three CDs here. And so if you're listening to this and you made it this far, I want you to uh, make sure that you remember to go on Facebook and YouTube. I want you to uh, like the Facebook page subscribe to the YouTube channel, make your comments, your shares, your likes, and all of that stuff. Praise God. Gracious God, we just thank you so much for your Torah. We thank you, God, that we can see Yeshua and your redemptive plan right here in the story of Noah. That how you saved Noah, that you too will save us, God. That you save us from our own sins and our own flesh, that you save us from the system of the world, and that you're going to save us through your redemptive plan in these last days. And so we just cannot thank you enough. We thank you for the revelation that the Torah is relevant for today and the opportunity to broadcast it to the world, God. We're just so thankful. And we just lift this up to you in Yeshua's name. Amen. Amen. All right, guys, have a great week. Enjoy.